Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Waffle Press Hangouts. I'm your host, Diego Crespo. With me today is my co-host, Gene Versa. Gene, how are you in this week of May? It is still May at the time of release of this. I am doing pretty, pretty good. This uh, movie uh, was an interesting way to spend my time, so feeling good, all things considered. Yeah, we're going to take the wins as we can get them. And uh, if you notice the title, this is not an ordinary hangouts. We are specifically talking about the 1989 film, The Punisher, starring Dolph Lundgren. And we're doing this because on our Patreon, we have a section for the $15 tier where you can recommend a movie and we'll talk about it on the podcast. Now, it could be me and Gene. It could be Gene and someone else. It could be me bringing back Matt, uh, forcing him to talk about more movies. We could have guests on. Um, Just, you know. Uh, help us out we'll help you out by contributing to the discourse i guess i don't know um the 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 recommendations we've gotten on on the patreon are actually like not like i i'm actually eager to get to the rest of them uh uh, no no comment about the quality of this film yet but uh gene when did you first hear about the 1989 punisher film um probably early 2000s um at a marvel book on like all the decades of marvel and uh they were uh talking about that punisher thing and there's always stills from it um so i don't know it was always it was always around Uh, i just never had any desire to see it uh i yeah i i kind of figured this would be like a a 1990s captain america film which uh is is like notoriously like legendary in its awfulness, right? Um, and I I would say that the 1989 Punisher film directed by Mark Goldblatt, and I'll have some more information on him in a second, is not bad. I actually kind of liked it for what it was. Um, it was produced by. Hang on, let me find that. It's produced by New World Pictures. Uh, and distributed by New World International, and a uh, friend of the show, Billy Jarrett, had mentioned that they're basically like a classier canon pictures, and that's like the perfect description for this kind of movie, because I wouldn't say it's a great movie, but um, I I enjoyed watching it, and on I, I would own it. I would, I would pay money to keep this in my life, and um, I might revisit it in the future. Not anytime soon, but... I don't know. What, what did you think about The Punisher, Gene? Um, I think it was certainly an interesting movie. I don't know if it's good. Um, I don't think I really enjoyed it too much. Um, it has um, has some interesting things. Can't take that away from it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It just seemed really all over the place um, with ninjas and um, storylines on kidnapped children. Um <laughs> And yeah, it's very, very 80s. Um, but no, I, I don't know. I just thought it was okay. Yeah, I mean, like, there's not a lot to talk about here. Uh, but I do think it's worth checking out as kind of like the same reason I'd recommend Batman Forever to people. In like, like, I, I like that movie. But I think it's an interesting time capsule of a bygone film era, you know? And um, like, when they say they don't make them like this anymore, 
That doesn't always mean it's a bad thing. Um, but they really don't. They really don't make them like this anymore. Uh, it, it is very like sleazy. It's very dirty, and I kind of liked that aspect of it. I, I liked how rough and tumble it was. Um, are you familiar with the director Mark Goldblatt? You know, I was just kind of looking at his stuff on Letterboxd. It just seems like he's an editor now. Yeah, he he's mostly an editor, even prior to to directing this. He um, edited Piranha for Joe Dante, The Howling also for Joe Dante. Check this out. Halloween 2 for Rick Rosenthal and John Carpenter. Mm. Uh, James Cameron's The Terminator, Commando, First Blood, Part 2. And then check out this run. This is crazy. From 1987 to 1993, Robocop, Dead Heat, The Punisher, which he's director only, Nightbreed, Predator 2, Terminator 2, The Last Boy Scout, Universal Soldier, Super Mario Brothers, Tombstone, and excuse me, 1994 is True Lies. Uh, and, and then this is just further reading, but Showgirls in 1995, he edited The Rock, Starship Troopers, Armageddon, Detroit Rock City, and then until Hollow Man, he's basically like working on hit after hit after hit. Uh, except for True Lies and Showgirls, which were notorious like bombs uh, financially. They have a good cult following. Yeah, yeah, they, they do have a cult following. Uh, speaking of action movies, do you like True Lies? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's pretty fun, um, fun action movie. It's uh, good. It's on. It's uh, different than some other Cameron movies, and um, it's interesting to see him. Uh, move away from Terminator and Aliens during that period to do something original. Oh, yeah, huh? Like, apart from Terminator, this is his first original film outside of, like, The Abyss. <laughs> Weird. Um, we'll talk about James Cameron more in the future because those Avatar movies are finally coming out, like, in the next two years, so... The only thing well, filming right now. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, huh? Old James Cameron... He's going to, like, find the cure for the virus before, like, anyone else at this point. It's just, like, crazy. Maybe he already has. Oh, and then he's, yeah, I guess he could have. And then he's just, like, holding on to it. And he's like, I give you the cure, but you need to finance the next two Avatar sequels. (laughs) Or I'm letting the world burn. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, so Mark Mark Goldblatt, he's a a, um, pretty reliable film editor. Director, I, I think he's fine. I think, oddly enough, the big problem in this movie is the editing. Like, just, like, the geography of the action. It's not really, like, like a modern problem that we run into, but it's just very hard to follow at times. I don't know how you felt about it. Yeah, it was. Uh, it seemed like a lot of the movie was really, like, re-edited um, and mangled with. Yeah, it, it's... I don't know. It's it's, it's funky. Uh, they they're having trouble with these Punisher films, and then the one I think is genuinely good was like a also a box office bomb <laughs> in two thousand eight, which is very unfortunate. Yeah. Um. Right. To be honest, I don't know. I don't. I don't really like any of the Punisher films. Oh, uh, uh, War Warzone. We, we got to reclaim that. That's. I, I. I really like that one. I just. I. I don't really care for Warzone either. Hmm. I don't know, that movie it's too much of a cartoon. But that's why it's awesome, I think, you know? Like I I think this one can't decide if it wants to be a cartoon or if it's just like stone faced serious action movie. It's like three Punisher movies. Um I will say, um 
I don't know, I kind of like the Tom Jane one, but I just like him as the Punisher. Oh, yeah, he's great. He's my personal favorite Punisher. It's just that movie's just not that great. Yeah, the movie lets him down, but he elevates it, honestly. I just want my kids back. He just wants his kids back, you know? Fun scene with the Russian in that film, though. Like, that that scene, like, like Tom Jane elevates the entire, like, production. Like, that's genuinely fun. Yeah. I don't know. And I wish this Punisher had sequences that were that fun. Because I, I think the action is, like, competent if edited to, like, bits and pieces. But um, there's no, like, standout sequence that I'm walking away from here with, you know? Yeah. I I did like that one thing, that one fight with the ninjas that was red. Don't see a lot of red. The the one in the, like, uh, amusement park area? Yeah. Yeah, okay, you know what? That, that was fun. Uh, not Not, like, a huge... Like standout sequence, but probably I guess the one of the film at least. Right. Yeah. Don't don't take that away from them. Yeah, I, I guess not. Um, what are your thoughts on this as a as a Punisher film? Because I guess everyone kind of likes to hear about this. I, I I think as a film, it's got its own strengths and weaknesses. But as an adaptation, because I, I know you're a big adaptations guy, specifically with with uh, superhero stuff, so. I'm interested in what you think this film succeeds or or uh, fails at as an adaptation of Frank Castle. Yeah, I think it it really does fail um, as an a- adaptation of uh, that character um, because they they remove the the th- um, one of the key aspects, which is um, and they they totally have it in the time period too that he could they could get away with it. He's supposed to be a Vietnam veteran, and I think that's supposed to be the key. Um, thing of the character where you know society has kind of failed him he's supposed to kind of be the soldier where you know he's fighting uh you know this un- this uh war that messed him up you know life um left him with a lot of post-traumatic stress and in the movie he's just a police detective which um i don't think he really ever go you know I don't think he ever becomes any sort of police at any point. Um, um, maybe just in one continuity, but yeah, it's just, um, you know, that's just a, such a key thing of that character is um, just he real, you know, he really represents this, um, you know, kind of this, uh, you know, because he's certainly not, he's a bit sympathetic, but he's certainly not a good person. I mean, he kills people, but there is some sort of, you know, some sort of nobility to him almost. But you know, like um, like I was gonna say, all the the people, <laughs> all the you know, you see like cop cars with uh, the Punisher logos. It's like I think the creator has like went out and said that you're not supposed to do that because you know he doesn't like support any anything. <laughs> so yeah, it's you know he's just kind of yeah, it's that's a key thing to his uh, to his character. Yeah, I I think given the, the the time period, it does lose a little something by not making him a war veteran. Uh, but I, I gotta be honest, I wasn't too bothered by it making him a, a police officer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually really liked the, uh, I guess the, the former partner, right? Uh, Jake Berkowitz played by Lewis Gossett Jr. Mm-hmm. Who, uh, uh, Waffle Press people would know as, uh, one of the, I think the, the owner of the park in Jaws 3D. Yeah. 
Um, uh, very, very good actor, and I think he's actually very good in this too. I, I like the relationship between those characters, and uh, he still does the Punisher. Speaking of, uh, it does basically rebuke like all forms of like authority and law, and I, I, I like that aspect. But the film is very conflicted in like determining how far uh, he'll go or like what. Like is he is he supposed to be like a softy because he he lost his family so that's why he's protecting the kids, or is he like really hard and doesn't care about anyone? It, it, I think the film is a little confused given some scenes like with his buddy. Uh, I did like his drunk buddy though. I, I got to be honest. Um, I was, and <laughs> I think what kind of won me over in this film uh, in general is that it's a very simple premise done ridiculously complex like even when he's luring the his alcoholic buddy out for information from the bar that he just got kicked out of he lures him into an alley with an rv car that has a bottle of wine in the back of it yeah that was uh that was just brilliant that's ridiculous (laughs) like i just like that that image exists in a punisher film you know <laughs> I, I don't I, I probably would have been like, hey guys, we, we don't need to do it that way. That's this is this, this is dumb. dumb. <laughs> but I, I like that it's there at least. Let's see what else. Oh, okay, and I like that he's basically a ninja turtle in this. Yeah, I was gonna say he lives in the sewers like the ninja turtles. <laughs> yeah. Was the Ninja Turtle movie before this or after? It was a ninety, right? That was nineteen ninety? Yeah, it would have been like right after. Okay. Oh wow, so so the Ninja Turtles ripped off the Punisher movie that no one saw. They kind of look similar. Maybe they filmed in the same sewer. Oh, maybe, maybe. Oh, fun fact. This was filmed in Australia and to the point where even Nicole Kidman was initially cast as, um, oh, what's the character's name? Shoot. The, 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 the partner to Louis Gossett Jr.'s character. Uh, I believe Nancy Everhard. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And then I, I don't know what the reasons were, but she she dropped out and was was uh, uh, recast. I uh, probably some like conflict in the schedule or something because I think that's when she started blowing up as an actress too. Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually, this never got uh, release in the United States until 1991. But uh, even then, I believe it was um, like not. It, one, it was not well-received. This is not a well-received film. It, it's rocking, like, 28% on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, which I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. Rotten Tomatoes, you know how we feel about Rotten Tomatoes, but, like, if we have to go by that aggregator, I think that's a little low for this. I don't I don't think it's that bad. Uh, I, I've seen worse stuff, like, this last year alone, and I've seen, like, eight movies in theaters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Probably at the bottom. I think I like it more than the Tom Jane one. Apart from Tom Jane, who is excellent. And th- that cast I actually like a lot. Even John Travolta, who is like a genuine crazy person. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I like the cast in that a lot. He's a, he's a saint. Literally. He, he's the saint in that film. Like, what's his name? Howard Saint, I believe. I don't know why that movie is in Florida. I, I don't know. I kind of appreciate it, though. You know why? Because it, it feels different now. Now that everything's always in New York City. Like, remember Iron Man moved to Malibu in, in his film adaptation because they were like, we don't want to stalk everyone in New York City. And then they ended up doing that anyways. Like, I don't know. I'd be kind of down with the Punisher reboot in Florida. Yeah. You know, like Daredevil in, like, Chicago, you know? 
or or San Francisco, which he did go to in the comics eventually. So I, I guess we should talk about the plot of this film. Seventeen minutes into recording, <laughs> uh, uh, the Punisher has been active for five years. Frank Castle is believed dead and certified dead, according to the local police department. Um, and his ex-partner is hunting for remains of Frank Castle because he believes that he is the Punisher, although the, he is trying to keep that out of the public eye. And in the last five years, the Punisher has killed a reported 125 criminals, uh, hunting down the people who um, killed his family. In a, a very odd sequence, in a flashback, uh, the opening to this film is very oddly cut together. Now, as an editor, Gene, a professional editor what went wrong here in that opening sequence yeah um you know in the opening thing it's just like uh i kind of like the little uh opening credits oh no no okay the opening credits i liked a lot actually go to bat for that um yeah it's just like it's giving like a lot of like information and uh you know information and just like very haphazardly it's not just about the punisher it's about uh I don't know the, the the detective and some other people that should solely just focus on him. So, yeah, yeah, it's it, just all it, over the place. It's just not about one sort of thing. It's about a bunch of things. Yeah, and it's like the film recognizes that we need the information, but you're right; it doesn't dole it out to us. It's just like here it is, take it or leave it, <laughs> and that's 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 kind of it. Um, but after that, even with all like the weird wackiness that ensues. Uh, I don't want to get too much into the ending because I do recognize not a lot of people have seen this, and I would recommend it, oddly enough. Um, but I, I just want to say that I I think the, the film, though it is a little tonally confused at times, can't really determine how it wants to present the Punisher other than a Dolph Lundgren vehicle. I think Dolph Lundgren's actually quite good as the Punisher, and I would have watched a sequel... I think it found its weird rhythm, at least, you know, like, I'm not going to forget this movie for a little while, at least, you know, it's not, not, not super memorable, but I, I'm, I'm glad I caught it for this. And I want to give a shout out to Andrew Levine, who recommended this to us on Patreon, uh, because that, this, this was a delight to watch for the first time <laughs> for me, for me, for me, I recognize that might not be a universal thing. Yeah, you know, it's just uh, it's interesting to see adaptations in different eras because it's just the way the source material is. Um, I don't know. They they kind of don't care because we've seen the 70s Spider-Man. That one was out there. Well, you know, they had all this like weird, you know, and that one had ninjas too. Um, you know. Yeah, what the it, hell is with the ninjas? I don't know. But yeah, it's just um, it's so... Um, you know, this, this uh, you know, it's just so baffling that uh, just kind of, I don't know, it seems like they kind of just didn't care when they were adapting comics. Like, it's so, <laughs> there's, if you look at just all the crazy 80s and 90s, like that Roger Corman Fantastic Four, you know, um, or just, uh, like, there was a cartoon that didn't even have the human torture of the Fantastic Four. They just leave a lot out, you know, it's just like, um, just the way they handle these characters is just so uh, it's so crazy sometimes. Yeah, I I, I wonder what like determined that because uh, I 
in in the in the Twitter thread that, that I'll get to because some people had some thoughts on this film as well, some uh, followers of ours, thankfully. And um, you were mentioning that like they didn't even have like the Punisher skull like on this. Now I I don't I don't think it's like a huge deal breaker or anything like that, but it is odd. <laughs> like just just why not? You know, the thing that was that was odd. Like they went out of their way to dye his hair because Dolph Lundgren was blonde, so they had to have seen the comic and known that. He had, you know, this doesn't look. They could have just kept the blonde hair, like it wouldn't have mattered. But they were like, no, it's diet. And uh, yeah, the the Punisher skull is just kind of, uh, you know, that was like another thing too. Like it's just, it's not that hard to put on. You could just, you know, like spray paint it. I think that's how it's done in the Daredevil series. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like stuff like that kind of drives me crazy because it's like the, um, I don't know, just ex- ex- ignoring the iconography of the characters, like. Kind of bugged me that, like, in season two of Punisher, he never really wears his costume. Um, it's just kind of, you know, like, they're so larger than life. It's just like, why not? You know, if you're adapting these characters, like, let them wear their their, their symbols. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Uh, generally, I, I think we've had an a interesting discussion about this. Like, in Daredevil season three, after finally getting a costume for an entire season for one of their characters, they toss it out again. But uh, but it's at least like relevant to the story there. You know, like there's a there's a point there versus like them just being shy. Yeah, yeah. The yeah, it was it made a it made like a point story wise for sure. Uh, some some quick responses to to the Waffle Press Twitter prompt about this film. Um, people did remember this generally. Uh, at Dawson E Joyce says this is the second best Punisher movie, and a shout out and congratulations to Dawson for just graduating college right now. Uh, so Dawson, congratulations. And, uh, uh, Andrew Levine, who of course recommended this to us, um, said it's an underrated B action movie with a nice balance of seriousness with comic book nonsense and surprisingly decent filming with stuff like the colorful credits montage, which we did highlight that, that credits montage. I, I really, really liked it. Reminds me of like Batman 66. So when I, like when, this started, I was like, oh, did they do it? Like, is this, like, a, a total hidden gem that I'm about to discover? Not not, not really, but it's a nice little treat for, for someone like me who likes a healthy dose of garbage with their stuff. Because <laughs> it, it is trash. It, it is a little trash. But, like, if you're in the mood for it, I, I, I think it could do a lot, lot worse. Uh, and at Billy Jarrett, who I also mentioned earlier, said, just, this is the full quote, movie fucks. End quote. I, I don't agree with that entirely, but, like, eh, this is fine. And then our pal uh, PJ Campbell owns it and said that there are three uh, separate versions of this film that exist out in the world. I, I know nothing else. Um, that was the last thing he messaged me. <laughs> he just left me hanging before this recording. Um, I think he's hoping out with Snowdown or something right now, so he's a little busy. But, like, <laughs> so just, I guess I'll leave that with the listeners there are three separate versions of the Dolph Lundgren Punisher film out there in the world somewhere I, I don't know what to do with that information now uh, yeah, it's like Blade Runner each version is going to be like marginally different but not really uh, maybe it'll be like an Alien 3 thing where there's like an extra half hour and it just completely changes the film uh, but speaking of ex- speaking of extended cuts, 
Uh, I don't know. This this might get cut, but do you want to just focus the next ep- Hangouts episode on extended cuts, and then we could just kind of tee it up? I don't know. Okay, and then we could figure out a guest after that. I I think maybe I'll I'll ask Richard again because I know he's got a lot to say about the Snyder cut stuff too. So that'll that'll get us the clicks too. You know, but uh, well we'll we'll, we'll work that out after. Um, so I'll just tee that up, and then we can wrap up on the the Punisher, unless you have. More to say. Okay. Uh, so next time on Hangouts, we'll be talking about extended cuts of, uh, I, I guess, not even like cult classic films, just like films in general. There's a lot. Ridley Scott's notorious for them. James Cameron's done a couple. I might have something negative to say about that, though. Uh, but on the positive side, um, Alien 3, of course, which is my go-to baby. And uh, as at the time of recording, obviously, we just found out about the Snyder Cut. So we're not really a news podcast like we've discussed many times again. We just who, – who cares? You know, we're not insiders. We're not trying to become a news site. We're just here to talk about movies. But this is pretty big because we've always kind of joked about it uh, along with everyone else on the internet. And it turns out they're actually going to finish it. So positives and negatives we'll have to talk about uh, next time on The Hangout. And we'll talk about our favorite extended cuts, director cuts – Assembly cuts, all the cuts, all all the cuts are coming. More cuts than Frank Castle versus those ninjas in that weird funhouse warehouse. Um, so that that's next week on on the Hangouts. Uh, Gene, any final thoughts on the Punisher from 1989? Uh, no, no, not really. It's uh, it's a movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just very like, um, you know, it's just. I was just uh, surprised just how this gets made, you know? Yeah, really? They would never just, like, shovel out one of these superhero movies like this ever again. Like, like they're they're always going to be, like, the biggest thing coming out of whatever week they come out, you know? Like, even, like, the notoriously bad ones. Like, even something like Morbius. When theaters get opened again, even Morbius is going to be, like, number one at the box office. Unless something drastically changes for the better in society, you know? <laughs> Um, but, well, that, that, that's enough shade for that for now. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Fingers crossed, everyone. Um, anyways, I guess the last thing I want to leave off with is that uh, the last time this premiered around our neck of the woods, Gene, was April 2009. Mark Goldblatt's own personal 35mm print at the New Beverly Theater. So that that's pretty fun. Yeah. And uh, Nicole Kidman being initially cast in this means that she would have co-starred with Dolph Lundgren in two superhero films had this, like, panned out. Because Aquaman, Waffle Press favorite. Some alternate universe. Yeah. They would have been hopping between Marvel and DC stuff, like like J.J. Abrams between Star Wars and Star Trek. So, yeah, Punisher. I recommend it. Softball. Um, Maybe have a beer or two with it. Or just, yeah. If, I mean, it's not, like, so bad you'll enjoy it. Just, like... Check it out. I, I don't know. I just think it's an interesting artifact from a different time. And uh, thank you again, Andrew Levine, for recommending that to us. And next time we'll talk about extended cuts. And after that, we'll return to another Patreon request. We don't know what it is yet because we're taking this one week at a time. So, Gene, thank you so much for joining me, my friend. Where can the people find you? Find me on Twitter and Instagram, Gene9892. You can find me at Twitter and Instagram. No, no, don't find me on Instagram. That's my privacy. Find me on Twitter as well at the Diego Crespo. Check out the Waffle Press on Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, and Patreon. Where, again, you can 
recommend us stuff to listen to and watch and all that jazz, and we'll get back to you. Yeah, I mean, they could probably find you on Instagram. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to, like, stop you. I just, I don't know. I, I, it's, I just post pictures of shit, so I, I don't engage with anyone there anymore. <laughs> uh, but thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We have been professionally unprofessional.